Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them to. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So, being led out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I pray for everyone here, myself, Lord, that the Holy Spirit is ever-present with us. Lord, the busyness of the week, may we put the foot of the cross. May we be consumed by Christ more this morning, Lord, as we come here to worship him, to minister unto him, and to hear from him. So, Abba, Father, for what you're going to be doing in this place, we give you praise ahead of time, and we ask this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Please be seated. Um, everyone pick up their Bible. Put it in the air. Say Bible. You want to know that wonderful acronym, um, the basic instructions before leaving earth, apparently is what Bible stands for. And it's beyond and above basics. Uh, but this morning I want to speak... Uh, freely, as the Holy Spirit leads, there has been two weeks since the conference. It feels longer, but it's been two weeks now. As you recall, the theme of the conference was the church going forward. The church going forward. And uh, it was an amazing time, wasn't it? It was a great time of worship. It was a great time of fellowship, networking, and to meet new people. Um, can I just say, since then, really, there's been a hive of activity, okay? There's been a lot of feedback, many calls, emails, um, requests, um, new people in the church, and words which are, well, I just think the whole thing's been rather encouraging. So this morning, we're going to be looking at that. The messages, if you remember... Um, we had four messages that weekend. The first was about the commission of Christ. The second was about being led by the Spirit. The third was about being faithful to that calling. And we recall Brother Andy giving us the word on the Sunday, the following day, which is speak according to his words. So we had all of that. It was like a, a feast, wasn't it, at the weekend? So today's really a church Report. That's what today is about. It's not really a sermon, it's a something. And it's a church report of what the church has been up to since then and what we're going to be doing going forward. So today's message, if there is a title, is called The Church in Action. The Church in Action. And on Wednesday, there's a wonderful Bible study. It's a real sweet time of fellowship 
of like-minded people around the table, people eager to be there and to share, ending up in a wonderful time of prayer and then, then worship, actually. Andy led us in a, in a song on praise on worship. I explained from the get-go that, as I'm often reminded, that the church are the people and not the steeple. Amen? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The church literally means the ecclesia or the ecclesia means the called out ones. The church are the people that have been called out of this world into service of the king. That's essentially what a Christian is. He's been called out of the world to serve Christ. Um, Psalm 127, verse 1, you want to write this down, it says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. And the basic instructions, the blueprint, is the word of God. Amen? Now, not everybody likes the word of God. Not every professing Christian likes the word of God. Because when you read the word of God, the word of God reads you. It's not all about comfort, it's about admonishing, it's about correction, about these things. Now, I recall an interview with John MacArthur, and he said when he took over the church in 1969, he said he's going to build the church on the Bible. And his elders kind of mocked him. He said, well, if you do that, you won't have a church. Um, he seems to be doing all right, um, as far as we know. And same with Dr. Michael Youssef, was the same. He's going to build it on the word of God, and he's not going to detract from it, not be embarrassed by it, or being apologetic for it. It's the word of God. It's been tested in the furnace of the earth. The words of God are pure. Amen? And besides, if you're not building on the word of God, is it really a church? If you're not building on the word, it's a something... It's a mishmash, but it's not the church. It's a kind of a weak, soft, um, emotional tea club at best. But if you want a biblical church, if that's what you're looking for in this place, if you're visiting today and you want a biblical church, this is what we aim to do by the grace of God and by the Holy Spirit to implement the word of God. Amen? Let's have a look at Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17. Now, this is after Jesus prays for himself, John chapter 17, and he prays for also his disciples. But then in verse 20, Jesus prays for all who will believe, all the believers in the future. So that's you, that's you and I. This is Jesus' prayer. Verse 20, John chapter 17. Jesus says, I do not pray for those alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one, as you, Father, and in me, and I in you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them. 
that they may be one, just as we are one. I think the simple word to summarize that is the word unity. There's unity in the Godhead. There's no confusion between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're in perfect harmony. In fact, the communion, which is shared in the Godhead, is actually laid out in John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The word pros there is that they are facing towards one another in perfect communion and in harmony. And that's how they work together, in unison. They submit to one another in what they do, and they agree in what they do. That's the Godhead in the New Testament. So let's have a look at the instruction for the church. Now, this is the Christian church. This is the biblical church. So we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12, we're just going to read through 12 through 14. The heading in my Bible is unity and diversity in one body. Verse 12, for as the body is one and has many members... But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by, or better, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many members. Now, when someone becomes a Christian, you immediately, when you put your trust and faith in Christ and move in obedience, you become a member of the church worldwide, the church universal. Okay, You're now a Christian. However, as Paul's writing to the Corinthians here, He's writing to a local church. They are part of a body of believers. They themselves are a picture of the wider body. They are a local church. And if we look in the, through the New Testament, we've got the Corinthians, the letter to them, or the Ephesians, or the Philippians, or the Thessalonians, they are, or all the seven letters in the book of Revelation, they're in a certain location, yeah? So there's no kind of idea of some roaming nomadic Christian wandering around in no church connected to no local body and are autonomous from any kind of authority or governance. They are connected to a body. And essentially this, if you're one of those churches in the book of Revelation and you weren't in church that morning, you wouldn't have got the letter. You wouldn't have heard you wouldn't have been present. The actual need of the body to come together physically now is so important. And anything other than that is completely alien to the New Testament uh, teachings of Christianity. It's just not there. One needs to be connected to a body 
And as Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, to submit one to another. Now, when we submit one to another, that doesn't mean submitting to James and Andy, the pastors. It means submitting to the authority of the word of God. Amen? For example, somebody may come in and see me standing at the front and say, well, he's in charge. Okay? Now, I've been given a charge, as Paul charged Timothy, means an order, okay? Been ordained to do a job. However, as far as the authority in this place, I have no authority. You understand? I don't know how many pastors in England will be saying that today from the pulpit. By the way, I've got no authority in this church. Well, I'm telling you this morning, fearlessly, because I'm not interested in trying to make a name for myself. However, I do want to uphold the word of God in this church, my church, your church, our church, God's church, that I have no authority here. If you come to me with a grievance, it happens, or you come to me to be exhorted, or you come to me for a reason, I'm always going to take you to the word of God because I don't have any other authority. There is no other authority in this church. If I had a different job, if I worked as a mechanic, I would be the boss there, and I'd be the one calling the shots. I don't call the shots. This is a charge that I've been given to be the pastor of this church. However, the authority is the word of God. Amen? So someone could say, well, I don't know what James said, um, or the usual argument, I don't like the way he said it. It's normally I didn't like what he said, but I tend to take people, of course, to the word of God. So you have to check your spirit. Is it James that I don't like, or is it the word of God that I don't like? You see? Very important to understand and differentiate the two. Um, like, for example, if you've ever been arrested, I, I don't recommend it, but if you have ever been arrested, you might take it on the local copper. However, he's upholding the law. He didn't make the law. He's just, he has an office. He has a charge. He's the officer in charge, and he's just imposing the law on you. And some, it doesn't feel good, okay? However, it's not his fault. It's, he's just doing his job is that good Andy does that work for you yeah you're happy with that good so because we're a local church and we're an expression that's what we are of a worldwide body and we want to work together as you notice there's been a, a rotor put in place okay um, that we may work together because this is your church okay this is your church and we want you to be involved in the church it brings me much joy that so many people have wanted to get involved. People have texted, people have written their names down and spoken about it, and people want to be involved. So I'm glad, thanks for putting it together, Chelsea, that it's been an encouragement to the body, that we all, in the great British expression, muck in together, okay? I often speak to older people, uh, and they say, the greatest years was the war years. You heard that? Oh, it was great during the war. Really? Well, let me just tell you, if you're a Christian, you're at war. Amen? Okay, let's turn to Philippians chapter 2. And this is really the church in action. The church in action. It's entitled here, Unity Through Humility. Unity Through Humility.
Now, Paul writes, let's have a look in verse 2, chapter 2 of Philippians. He says, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love and being of one accord of one mind. You're working together, okay? Now, listen carefully. Verse 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Now, selfish ambition is this. What can I get rather than what can I give? Okay? That's selfish ambition. What can I get from the church rather than what can I give to the church? Okay? And let me just say, those people generally appear or present themselves as super spiritual. They'd be there busy praying for everybody whilst doing nothing and letting everyone do the work. Okay? They may appear very spiritual, but in fact they're not very helpful not getting involved, and they're not mucking in. One who's conceited, basically someone who's vain, someone who's full of pride, someone who draws attention to themselves and away from what the church is doing, okay? So Paul says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But how do we do it? In lowliness of mind, let each other esteem others better than himself. If you haven't got that underlined in your Bible, do it. Esteem others better than himself. Let each of you not look out only for your own interests. Okay? We all have an interest of being at church, I'm sure. But also for the interest of others. That's a biblical, unified, humble church. They're not in it for what they can get, but they're in it for what they can give. We have a, a united interest of being here. The first thing we've done this morning is open up in prayer. Brother David opens up. Then Andy led us in a time of worship. We're here. The primary purpose is to worship God. Amen? That's the reason why I'm here this morning, to worship God, to honor God, and to give everything back to God. Be careful when you sing songs. It's all about you, Jesus. I give it all to you. We had it this morning. I give it all to you. Careful. Are you giving everything to Jesus? If you are, good on you. Now, have a look. Matthew 24. Can I just say the feedback that I've had since the conference has been worldwide. People writing emails. People saying, how can I get involved? It's kind of a long way to travel from Florida. However, they can get involved in other ways. Now, Jesus warns, doesn't he, about deception. We're not warned about persecution, that's promised, but we are warned about deception. Let's have a look in verse um, Matthew 24, verse 24. Knowing verse 4, it says, Let no one deceive you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and deceive many, verse 4 and 5. However, he says this in verse 24, For false Christs, false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, verse 25, I have told you beforehand. False Christ are false anointed people. 
people who claim to be anointed, or they're probably, most likely, self-appointed. They have an anointing, but it may not be from the Holy One. It may be from the other one. You understand? They tend to hang around, of course, churches. If they're going to deceive Christians, they're not going to go to the mosque or to the synagogue or the Gudwara. They hang around in churches. And um, do you know what they look like? They look like Christians. They look like us. Okay? They've got all the lingo and everything else, especially these days on YouTube. They've got all the lingo. Okay. Now, especially churches which are open to the um, Holy Spirit, the spiritual gifts. Okay? I often get asked, are, are we open? Are we a church that's open to the spiritual gifts? And so, indeed, we are. Okay? I'd say most Calvary chapels are open to the spiritual gifts. Um, I would put it like this. We are conservatives, continuists. Conservative, continuous. We believe the continuation of the spiritual gifts, but we're not wacky. Okay? We don't think demons are behind every teapot, and the reason you're late for the train is not the demon. It's because you had that extra pan of chocolat, and you were late, or you were late up. Okay? But we do believe in the continuation of the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts for the church for today. And we've seen that expressed in the church. And when that is expressed in the church, that's when the enemy turns up. It's, oh, they're open. That's why churches which are fully charismatic are open to everything, you see? Because they think everything, if it's supernatural, is of God, where they are not discerning rightly, and they're not testing the spirits. Okay. Now, for example, at the conference, we had, um, we had a lady come, and she was part of a church which believed that the spiritual gifts have ceased, cessationalism. They believe it's ceased, okay? She'd come from a particular background. I don't want to say too much, but she asked for prayer. So Chelsea and I prayed for this person in, a, in the room. The Lord gave me two very clear pictures of what she'd been involved in in her life, okay? No, I mean, they're so obscure, I was almost reluctant to tell her. But as soon as I told her these two instances, and there was a third one as well, a word of knowledge, she knew immediately, she told me the time, the place, where it happened, what country she was in. Now, why would God do this? Well, because one, he knows everything, and two, he wants her freed up. And thirdly, let me add, he's also shown that he cares for her, and he loves her, and he knows all what she's been involved in. Then a week later, less than a week later, Chelsea and I got a message back from her. I've been freed up from these things. I realize I've put myself under another authority. Just like those in Acts chapter 8, under the authority of Simon the sorcerer. Remember this passage? Read it carefully. They've been baptized. They professed the name of Jesus. Yet the Holy Spirit had fallen upon none of them. If you look earlier in the passage, it says that they were previously proclaiming that Simon was the great God, okay? Now, this lady has been being delivered of these things, and she's also receiving healing. This was after three or four days. That's God actively working, not to show off gifts, but to free people up from bondage. You see the difference there? Yeah, this, I mean, this is real. This is whom we're, de we're dealing with, a supernatural God. 
See, spiritual gifts are not toys, but tools. They're tools for the church, and God works through those who are open to it, but they must be spiritually discerned. Amen? Now, always in churches, Jesus warns, doesn't he, about deception. Now, Jesus had his Judas, one of the 12, but Jesus knew that Judas would betray him. However, he treated him no different, didn't he? John chapter 13, he washed his feet. But Judas' mind was not on Jesus washing his feet, but Judas' mind was on, he was on the money, wasn't he? He was the keeper of the money. Satan, it tells us, entered Judas's heart, and then he entered Judas. And then Judas sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. So we can see someone like a Judas was in it for what he can get and not for what he can give, you see? This is deception, and it still happens in the church. Now, what has God put in place? Okay, it's all rather heavy, Sunday morning. What has God put in place to deal with this? This is called real Christianity, by the way. Do you know, the last couple of weeks, it's been so exciting. Honestly, it's been so exciting. My phone's not stopped. There's emails and text messages. It's, it's wonderful that God is moving in this place. Amen? Now, write this down, Titus 1, verse 5. God has appointed under-shepherds or elders in a church, okay? In Titus 1, verse 5, it says, Paul, writing to Titus, said, Appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. So go and appoint elders in every city, okay? And this is the task of elders. Turn with me to Ephesians 4, verse 11. Ephesians 4, let's just look from verse 11. And he himself, that's Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. What for? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So they're coming to teach the saints, those who have been sanctified in Christ, for the work of the ministry. Okay? Because you have a ministry, you have something to do. There's no one unemployed with Jesus. Verse 13 says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ, to build people up. And let me just say, this doesn't happen overnight, okay? People think, well, I've been a Christian one or two years now, I can go out and do everything. False. There's been taught in certain churches, well, you are disciples of Jesus, you can speak in tongues, you can cast out demons, off you go. And what do you get? A wreck. Well, we've got the Holy Spirit like the apostles, and off we go. We're, we're called Christians just like they are. See what I mean? Churches puff people up, they send them out. We're not forgetting this. You can think about it in Matthew 28 and Mark 16, the Great Commission. Those apostles, 
was with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, for three and a half years, 24 hours a day. How many hours do you spend in prayer a week? It's not to come down on you, just the reality of the commitment. They gave up everything to follow Jesus. Why? Because Jesus demanded that. All your time, all your energies. So to think, well, you're a Christian, I've been a Christian, six months off you go. It'll probably end up as a disaster. So be careful. That's the whole reason why God has appointed elders to build the church up. So they come to the knowledge of the faith. Verse 14. If this doesn't happen, this is what happens. Verse 14. That we should no longer be tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of the deceitful plotting. You see, that's what happens. They go out and they get involved in all sorts of things, confusion, end up with a different spirit, end up with um, erroneous teaching. They get themselves in a muddle and then they come back to the elders. Oh, I'm in a mess. Would you pray for me? I'm in a mess. What have we been doing? Oh, well, I did this and I went to this place and I went to this person, laid hands on me and prayed for me. And oh, what? This is what happens. Okay? Disaster. Now, our response as elders of the church, Andy and I, who've been appointed the elders of this church, is we take this very serious. This calling. Andy's definitely not playing church. I'm definitely not playing church. Our thoughts and prayers are with you continually. Okay? When I first got married, I think Chelsea thought I was already married to the church. I kind of was. It's taken a few years to sort of, sort of get Chelsea up. I was ironing my shirt this morning and I felt this balance, you know. I think it was unbalanced before, you know. My dad used to say this to my mum and it drove her insane. Um, my dad was a milkman, he worked for the co-op, okay? And uh, they used to phone him up when it was his week off. Uh, Ray, can you, can you work for your week off? He'd always say, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll work the week off. Mum said, you're working your week off again? He goes, yeah, the co-op comes first. <laughs> the co-op comes first, Joey, love. You've got to forgive him, you're a Christian now. But that was my mindset. My mind wasn't fixed on my wife fully, okay? But Andy and I are also married. We're married to Jesus, okay? And when we walk and we talk, we don't just think, what wonderful series can we teach at the church? I, I kind of like churches that go through books and books. I, I get it, and there's a call for that, and I understand that. But we generally walk and talk about what's the spiritual condition of the sheep? What needs to be taught? Let's pray about what needs to be taught. There's new people and there's young people. There's people who's older in the faith. We need to consider all men when we preach the gospel, you see? Because we're a family. Consider it like a meal. You make a meal for a family. Well, they like tomatoes. They don't. You're going to try and construct something for everybody. So you, the youngest person in, in the church gets something and the older person, you see? We take it very, very seriously, and that's, that's our job. And we love it. Andy loves it. We like what we do here, and we like serving you. And we, we want to give God all the glory if anything has happened in this church. That's our response. 
So look at your response, Hebrews 13. These are the passages which pastors don't share in churches. Andy's left the room as soon as I said that. Hebrews 13, verse 17. It says, Obey those who rule over you, and be submissive. Why? For they watch out for your souls, as those who must give an account. I believe that I'm going to have to give an account for what I teach. That's why James says, Not, not let many of you become teachers, or assume to be teachers. It's all right if you want to teach somebody something. Are you going to be prepared for the fallout of that teaching? Let them do so. Let them teach with joy and not with grief. For that would be unprofitable for you. Obey those who rule over you. Next one. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We have a pastor visiting today from Peru, so he will love these verses, even if they're in English and not Spanish. He probably knows them in both languages. First Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul says, We urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, correct you. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Okay? Admonishing. Correction. Not because we hate you, because we love you. Not because we want to beat you down, but we want to build you up. This is why churches are difficult, I said last week. People say, well, I I come to Sunday club. You know, James is going to say, oh, nice things. Well, I may not. I may say, well, look. This is what God says about the issue. You can't have ten husbands, you know? You can't, even if he is a millionaire, okay? No, God says, no, I think you're horrible. But that's why we're there. So there's a response from both of us. And actually, as it says in Ephesians chapter 5, we're to submit to one another unto the Lord. This is all about Jesus and his word. So pray. I urge you to pray for the leadership. It's important because we get spiritual kickback. And this is why I love what's happened and will be happening Tuesday at 8 o'clock every morning is a praise report. Does people get that which Chelsea sent out? What to pray for, an update in the church, and also to send in your prayer requests. Okay? Send them in. We can put them out on the praise report, which comes out every Tuesday morning. So let's have a look at this church. Okay? Maybe you're not part of this church, you're just visiting today. Um, I want to show you that this church is definitely a church in action, even though we're small, okay? This is what's going on here. Now, Sundays we meet at uh, 10 a.m. Wednesdays is at 7 p.m., either Bible study or prayer meeting, okay? And a monthly fellowship meal. That's what happens every week here. There's monthly men and women's meetings, okay? That goes on here as well. 
there's going to be a new children's room built there. It begins on October the 9th, okay? Pray for the builders. And there's a teacher coming. We know who she is, Anna. She's leaving her home and family to come and serve here at Calvary Chapel, Cambridge, as the teacher. So that's what's going to be happening. There's the Olive Grove Children's School, which Andy is overseeing there. The prayer meeting is on the 14th of October. Okay. As far as this church is concerned with outreach, we have YouTube. It gets listened to hundreds of times a week. Okay. And it's a small little church here. We have the Calvary Chapel podcasts. People like to stick their earphones in and listen to podcasts and messages. Okay. There's the Make Jesus Known podcast. We're going to be getting on back with the Make Jesus Known. There's been some bumps in the road, but we're starting back there. That is now listened by over 20, well, it's 24 countries now that's in. I had no idea. And plenty of states as well. Like in America, there's probably like 20 states. Is that right? Maybe more. That's in 24 countries. It's all coming from this little building. People are listening to it. weird places. Okay, in the middle of nowhere, Alaska, there's some chap there listening to him. What's that ginger bloke saying again? Okay, in the middle of nowhere, Fiji, and I don't know, I have countries not heard of, some places in Africa, and some place called Wales. Weird. There's the Telegram prayer requests. There's 166 people on there. Okay, these things are building up. We've got answers to prayer, people put prayer requests, and we get the answers and response praise god there's been a response to the prayers okay and there's the new praise report which i told you about which come out on tuesdays okay so all this is happening in this small little location that's quite a lot yeah no oh, okay well, I, i'd say okay it is quite a lot also there's been talk i had i had a visit a little while ago from a chap in america wanting to start a Bible college here, okay? I don't know who's going to get to do it because my legs are falling off. But he's interested in watching us online. He sees that we're a committed church and he said, why not? I give you more stress. No, why don't we bless you with what's going on? So it's possible there's a Bible college starting here as well, okay? So there's a lot of things going on. Calvary Chapel Cambridge is definitely a church in action, amen? It's just a, a busy place and people... Um, Scott and Elisa got married here. Chelsea and I got married here. We've had like 25 baptisms. In a couple of weeks' time, by the grace of God, there'll be two new baptisms in two weeks' time. Okay? Let's give a round of applause to the Lord. Let's just do it, okay? That's, okay, there's, there's things going on here, okay? But I want to end this passage here because where the um, Holy Spirit is at work, the enemy likes to come in. Okay, so we need to guard that. We need to protect that through prayer. Let's turn to Acts chapter 20. We'll just read this quite slowly and we're almost done for the message. Acts chapter 20, verse 27. Paul is writing to the elders at Ephesus. He's about to depart, and he says this. 
For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I haven't shrunk back from any particular teaching, okay? Now, I kid you not, I was in bed last night. I do go to bed. I was in bed last night, and I was reading about this passage from a new book I got from 1939, okay? A new book for me. And I'm reading about this passage, and I get a text message come through from somebody in this church saying exactly this. I'm grateful for the pastors of Calvary Chapel Cambridge because they have not held back from, and they went through a list of teachings. They, they teach about repentance. They teach about heaven. They teach about hell. They teach about whatever else is the need to be baptized. But the whole list. I text about a person. I'm literally reading about it this second, okay? So Paul said, I have not shunned, and I do pray to God that I do not shun back from preaching the whole counsel of God. But then he says, therefore... Because of this, very important, okay? And as it's often said, the reason why it's there for, you need to find out what it's there for, okay? Because I've not held back from preaching everything to you, obedience, prayer, submission, all of these things, take heed to yourselves and to the flock. Notice what it says first, Andy. Take heed to yourselves, to the leaders, and to the flock. This flock which is among you, which the Holy Spirit, underline that, has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. It's no coincidence that Andy and I were ordained to do the job. There's much prayer and fasting and everything else that we're ordained to do. For, Paul says, I know this. Okay? This is all because he's been preaching the truth that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things, things which are crooked, things which are contrary to what you guys have been teaching. What for? To draw away the disciples after themselves. So... Paul is warning, because you're a spirit-filled, spirit-led church, you will be under attack, okay? Watch out, there are wolves among you. Now, wolves tend to do a couple of things. Well, they se separate the pack, or they target the babes of a pack, the new Christians, okay? Or in a church, visitors, a visitor comes to church, the wolf will jump on them and say, oh, give me your details, give me your email account and everything else. And of course, those visitors will go, oh, okay, because um, you're part of the church. Okay, that's what happens. happened here. It happens in various churches. And Paul was saying, it's going to happen. So it happens. So we, as a church, need spiritual guidance. Amen? We don't labor and try and do this ourselves. It's the Lord that builds the house. They labor in vain who build it. They try and do it on their own. So let's go back to our passage, and we're going to finish with this. Acts chapter 13. Now, Acts chapter 13. I think we see this in a new light. 
for what I've just shared, what's going on about deception, about the need to be in the Spirit, about the need to be filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit. Let's read. Now, the church was at Antioch. There were certain prophets and teachers, remember Ephesians 4, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, the Menaean, who'd been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. They were all there, teachers and prophets among themselves. As they ministered to the Lord, as they were worshipping God and fasted. Fasting is a way of humbling yourself. That's what fasting is. Notice the text says in James, humble yourself. God's not going to do it. It says you have to humble yourself. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. And having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. You see, as they were worshiping the Lord. The whole conference is about the church moving forward. Well, we've done that. What's one of the things? We must come together. Sure. We must do the commission. must be led by the Spirit. We must be faithful to that. We must do things according to his word. We've done that. And God has moved since the conference. You see that? Busyness has happened. So now what do we do? Do we get puffed up and say, look how great we are? No, this is the time to humble ourselves before a holy God. Because that can all be far too tempting. Look how great, what great work we've done. The Lord says, no, you need to come before me. Having fasted, humbled themselves, and prayed, they laid hands on them. But here's the key verse, the absolute pinnacle verse, verse 4. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they set sail to Cyprus, okay? Verse 3 says that the elders laid hands on them. But it's not the elders who sent them out. It's the work of the Holy Spirit through the elders which ordained the men to go out. You see that? If we're not together, if we're not humble, if we're not united, the Holy Spirit's not going to speak. It may be a different spirit, but it may not be the Holy Spirit. You see? This is a picture of a biblical church. And this is what God is working among us. And we want to keep that. We want to keep the dove on us. Amen? We want to be a church that's not divided. We want to be a church which is united in Christ. He's the foundation. Amen? If we don't lay down the word, then we, we have something, but we don't have a church. So next Wednesday, I'm calling for a church fast from 12 o'clock midday, okay? And then we'll be meeting here at 7 o'clock. And the reason why we're going to be meeting here is this, to worship God and pray. There's no other agenda. We're not going to come and say, God, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? tell us? No, we're going to come and worship the Lord. They came and worshiped. They come and ministered unto the Lord. And then the Lord moved among his people. So I'll invite you to be part of that. If you can physically be here, the better. If not, to be fasting and being united with us as a church. Amen?
this is definitely a church in action. This is a church going forward, and we need to get involved. I'm so thankful that so many of you are wanting and desiring to get involved. 